Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the Teats. So, you know, I think someday I'm, I've got my boys to a point where they are now practicing the Volume Up by the T's. And so I think they're going to have to make a cameo. I don't know what they'll talk about hair, <laughs> beauty, and culture. <laughs> they, one, Lots will of- never let me comb their hair or put product in their hair. They always wanted a different color, which don't tell our professional friends, but I did do for my son. Turned out really great if you didn't look that close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe they'll make an appearance. Volume up and Hudson and Owen Ellers. We would love to have them. I am just glad that nobody is around when I record because I would be mortified. So all the power to you. I'm sure they're giving you lots of hell, <laughs> but they should come on and give it a shot. Yeah, it's so easy, huh? Why don't you give it a shot? Speaking of, if you liked our interview with Michelle Chandler, general manager of Pravana, make sure to subscribe, rate and review, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places at Read the Tease and send us questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Inbox full is what I'm looking forward to. Hey, are you an <laughs> inbox zero sort of guy? No. You know okay. this about me. I can't, I wish, yeah. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I'm too, I keep it all. Can't let go. Need nope, all the Can't deets. let go. I need it. <laughs> even when it does not work out to my benefit. Sometimes you don't want to have that one email. You're but right. No. <laughs> so on today's episode, we talked to the Silver Fox. And yes, I said it because I have heard This wonderful man called the Silver Fox in the halls of Wella, Mr. Stephen Moody, Director of Education for Wella Professionals, former education lead for Vidal Sassoon for over 31 years. He has lived a full life, as I mentioned on the pod. He's an expert in education, an expert in cutting and storytelling. This man has such an interesting insight into technique and quality in the industry. The future of education, spoiler alert, it's not Instagram. And our skills to work with types of hair, not skin color. It was a wonderful interview. He's just a ray of sunshine. And a silver fox. So, I mean, you guys are going to be thrilled. He's got so much to say. (laughs) And I'm excited. So before we get there, we have so much to talk about. So let's get it started. I know you're good for a rant or two. I mean, am I right? You're right. And all I want to talk about is Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I mean, does he really have a last name? No, he does. No. Uh, did you watch the interview? Oh, I watched. I paused. I rewatched. I rewatched bits again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just bold and riveting and just taking the monarch and mixing things up, right? Uncovering what many people have potentially felt there everywhere. So kudos for them for being bold enough to do so. I was legitimately shocked. I really yeah. was not expecting, I, like I thought I was going to be able to turn it on, have it in the background, do other things. There was no multitasking. Well, first no. of all, getting to it because I'm West Coast ah. was dreadful. So we knew what was happening. I saw the clips. I saw the memes, like a wave washing over the country <laughs> and then knew that I had to wait. And then I tried to sign up for the stupid CBS app. And that was... You did? Torture, torture, torture. Wow. It would not accept my my uh, zip code for whatever, like, long story. <laughs> so then had to plug in an antenna and, like, drag where, a cord. Where does one get an antenna? You had one so lying around? <laughs> we have had one uh, just for, you know, in case things happen. Yeah. Uh, it it's is like LA. one of those weird panel yeah. things. Like, okay. it's like a floppy. It's weird. Anyway, plug that bad boy in. Boom, got it. Watched the entire thing. Could not turn away. Did not multitask. No. Was zoned in like a crazy person. Oprah, like, my God. She went for the jugular. I mean, she she was going there. She's like, you know what? I'm not getting invited ever again to the palace. (laughs) But if I'm not getting invited, we are going to go there and make sure that it was for not. Not for not. Yep, not for not, not for nothing at all. I mean, my God. Um, I know. And like 17 plus million. Well, what? I mean, we already knew a lot of these things. Yeah. Yeah. But to hear them said was, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, uh, the skin color conversation was pretty devastating. Um, 
I don't know how that there's any coming back from that. And then the like yeah. subsequent clarification of who was or wasn't involved in that conversation without saying who I it mean, was, that was so savagely like coy, like it was relayed to me from my husband. So aside from that part, I thought the one that was also interesting, she kind of came at Kate. You're not that wrong. I mean, right she out was the guy, good. Right out the gate. She hate. set it up as about like, it doesn't need to be a polarity. You can love her and you don't mm-hmm. have to hate me and all of that. But I mean, it did sort of lay the gauntlet at it. Right. So it's like, who had the issue of the flower girls dresses? Did, did you, did you make Kate cry or did Kate make you cry? And she's like the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like what a trivial thing in the scheme of things. I like, mean, yes, Bridezilla or whatever. Yeah, yeah, weddings, yeah. weddings are for tears as well. I mean, let's exactly. <laughs> you don't have to be a princess or a duchess. I mean, no, just it's plain stressful. old Kelly Ellers. You could shed a tear. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty. That was tough. That was tough to watch. Was um, tough. I just and then you know th- then afterwards, like I was reading, you know, of course, media loves to talk about all the elements, including. Mm-hmm. The furniture they sat in was sold out on the internet. I wouldn't have thought to be influenced by the furniture, but apparently people were buying it all. The stories, the truth. <laughs> the stories, the fashion, the, the furniture, hair, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I mean, to your point, I did not think that the furniture was that. No, just normal or, patio furniture. Yeah, just like, you know, Same. and it was probably very expensive question mark because it's Montecito so I mean that's what I, I was mostly influenced by wanting to be in Santa Barbara let's yeah, be clear yeah I was like is that, like that their light? backyard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently a Lovely. friend of a friend right like I don't know and what about Archie's chicks hut or the house chick- the chicken in chicken that, that was that pretty was, good I that mean was it was good you know, good for them. Like they know how to manipulate the the hell out of media. Like yeah. the sort of we're down to earth and we're picking up these chicken eggs. And, but and I'm also got, like, yeah. Here's the thing. Chickens look great. Well, I think it's gross, but because I grew up <laughs> on a farm and if you've been around a chicken more than like 30 minutes, they're real gross, mm. real gross. Like that chicken coop's going to need to be far away from the house. Yeah, I didn't get good. the impression I mean, that it was close by, to be clear. Like, true. I felt like that was removed somewhere on the property. They're expansive. Yeah, somebody's gathering Archie's chicks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the hair, the clothes. What do we think about that? I mean, Megan looked incredible. Like, yes. there were lots of sort of split screen after the fact, like 25 years after Diana's tell-all and yeah. like the black and the sort of symbolism. And I mean, I think yep. that that was an interesting dynamic. Her hair, I preferred to Diana's iconic situation. Yeah. Bird's mm-hmm. Nest is really, mm-hmm. that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people are going to come at me for that, but that, <laughs> you know, that didn't hold up. There's a lot of things that have held up about her. That's a tricky one. Yeah. That mm-hmm. hair. Uh, but yeah, no, no. Megan looked incredible. I would say. She's- Stunning. I mean, stunning. Harry's, you know, he hasn't really changed that much. No, Harry. Well, Harry hasn't. Maybe his hair has. I, hair, you know, yeah. it was, it was less tough to watch him in this interview than it was to watch that car, not carpool karaoke, but it's James, James Corden. Corden. That whole uh-huh. PR <laughs> machine with the bus and that, that the was, that, that was, was tough to, deal to take in and especially because of the the sun shining down on the top of the head which not a good don't go on the top with the roof no, no roof no, in the no, sun no, don't do no, that no so I mean, thankfully you are fair skinned as well like i'm not right. gonna so, go in the sun right like a little bit of light lightness on the hair and then Hat. also being super fit right like it's it's a combo and why did they run through that little like physical fitness thing yeah but that was kind of a reach for me too one thing i also noticed is like I feel like Harry could invest in some tighter socks. They were kind of lumpy and I wasn't expecting that. I mean, a man in you weren't a suit, expecting you to see calf? No, no, I wasn't. No. The princess calf? I, I wasn't either, to be honest. I mean, that was a little bit of a, that was that. maybe the most surprising. Yes. Too California much. casual. As the, <laughs> he's there. I mean, he really, he's leaning into it. I mean, like first it was the whole quarantine and yeah, I, it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot to take in. Oprah it's, looked yeah. incredible, though. Let's be she clear. Did. Yep. Coiffed to perfection. Just not a curl out of place. No, never. Just, never. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't possibly. Uh, but yeah, I would I mean, have liked there's... to have been a fly on the wall there. You know, the one thing is, 
I was proud and maybe a little shocked that she even was so honest about her mental health during that time. I think there's such an incredible stigma around mental health that is fascinating to me because we all live in our own world of like, what? you think that way? Like, <laughs> so the fact that she, you know, went there, I just think that it is wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, to be commended for sure. Uh, incredibly brave of her to talk so openly about something that, you know, has, as you said, been stigmatized. And certainly people don't tend to open about open up about these things. And I mean, her talking about wanting to get help within the institution and then turning her way because of how it would look speaks to exactly what you just said. And then, I mean, Prince Harry and talking about sort of history repeating itself and wanting mm -hmm. to avoid that. And Makes sense. Sort of yeah. From afar. I don't know him that well, just casually, but you know, <laughs> you know, I think it's those real stories that need to be out there. And, you know, that's why we're here too, to get to the meat of the industry. Speaking of shout out to our friends over at professional beauty association, they are continually fighting specifically in West Virginia to make sure that we are still licensed, that professionals must be licensed. I just cannot imagine an industry that is deregulated for hair, skin, nail services uh, in West Virginia, let alone literally anywhere. So I just can't imagine that happening. Yeah, and certainly not now. I mean, it just seems like West Virginia, come on, there's other things to be worried about. Yeah, and good for the PBA for, mm -hmm. for bringing this up and, and making it so well-known. I mean, yeah. We'll link it in the show notes so you can... Head to pba.com uh, for the forum to help sign up and support. Speaking of breaking news, our editorial team has been hard at work uncovering industry news, just like the PBA story that we talked about just a moment ago, uncovering the brands that you don't know, but you probably should. And mm -hmm. here are our favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. Kelly, what's up yeah. for you? So the first one up for me is an op-ed written by Whitney Parr. So she's a Dallas-Fort Worth stylist, has been for 11 years, eight of which she spent as an educator, known for her color work with redheads and blondes, and is part of the Wella design team. So Whitney talks about that, you know, the beauty shop community, and I remember it growing up um, and still love it when you walk into a salon, there's just a sense of camaraderie and friendship and how that's transitioned and will continue to transition during and post COVID. So thanks to Whitney for, for lending her voice to the tease.com. Love that story. One of my favorites right now is a monthly feature. Uh, it's called the monthly edit. It is a sort of rundown of all of the products that our editors are loving. So it lets you get to know them a little bit, as well as if you're a product freak like us, uh, <laughs> introduces you to things that maybe you wouldn't know about. Uh, so I would highly encourage that. I'm very much interested in some of the facial cleansers. Uh, my skin has been through the ringer last week. So maybe I'll try some of these things in the edit. Yeah. Give them a try. We'll, again, put the links to the articles on the tease.com. And then the last one, our friends over at Wella did a box takeover for our February, March box for Hello Salon Pro with the tease. And I heard there's a couple left. And so, you know, I would head over to the tease.com, grab that amazing deal. We usually put five full-size products in the box. It's actually more this time uh, for the same price and deal. So head on over there, use hashtag Wella love for a coupon code for $10 off, which means it's basically free. So grab them while you can. Absolutely, take advantage of that deal. As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are so proud to publish the stories that we are able to, that you guys, salon pros and consumers care about. I can't wait for all of you to hear this interview. So from his humble beginnings across the pond to the days working with Vidal Sassoon coming over to the U.S., Stephen Moody, always a pleasure. I wish we had many more hours to talk to him. I love his wisdom, his passion, his insight, his energy, and his commitment to the industry. So again, thank you in advance, Stephen, for this amazing interview. Here we go. Mr. Stephen Moody, it is wonderful to have you here today. I feel like I've known or known of your presence for over a decade and had the pleasure of working alongside of you in some, some areas with the Wella family. So we are reunited on Zoom. Here we are. <laughs> and I'm super excited to be here, Kelly. Thank you so much for um, 
for inviting me to this to the podcast to the team. Um, for for those who may not know, Stephen Moody is an industry icon, having worked for Vidal Sassoon for 31 years and served as the education director for the company. Now in his ninth year at Wella Professionals, he is the North American education director. This year, he is a Naha finalist for educator of the year and haircutter of the year. Stephen is here to talk about the future of virtual education, which is certainly a hot button topic um, as we all scramble to educate online, also competition and help predict some future trends. So we are here for all of it. So welcome to Volume Up by the T's. Again, excited to have you here. Well, let's jump in. So talking about your background, you have just such a storied, wonderful past. Would love to know kind of from the beginning, what got you into the industry? That's a really good question. Um, and and to be quite honest with you, I, it, it kind of was foretold really because um, my mother uh, is and was a hairdresser and um, I was kind of raised in a hair salon. Uh, in, in, and to, to, to paint a kind of a picture of where this place is, it's kind of in the north of England. At the time, it was incredibly industrial and blue collar. Um, it was quite a ways from any kind of fashion or trend center. Um, it was a long, long way psychologically from London, which is obviously the capital city of, of the world of hairdressing. So yeah, I was, I was, I was raised in a hair salon and, um, you know, my mom didn't have a massive amount of money. So I spent a lot of my, you know, a lot of my childcare was Mrs. Smith's lap. So, um, you know, I spent time obviously with my parents, but I spent time with my parents in the salon growing up. I spent time, um, you know, with my grandparents. And so everything was kind of small, Kelly. It wasn't a big city. It was a small town. And I just loved being around women. I loved being around the salon. I loved the buzz. I just loved everything of it. And I, I, I love being around the salon. Yeah. Always did. I love that. And you are going to be blown away because we actually have parallel stories. My mom was a salon owner and stylist for 40 years. And I too grew up in the back of her salon. I think the other thing too is, is, and again, I'm sure it was the same in the Midwest, you know, where I was raised, it was dreary and gray and cold and wintry a lot mm -hmm. of the time, but in the salon, it was always warm huh. and it just yeah. felt like, you know, when you walked in the salon, there was that, that gray noise of people chatting yeah, right. and, and hair dryers humming and hood dryers buzzing. So yep. there's always that kind of buzz going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was always sort of warm and, and luxurious. And it just felt really nice. It was like a, a blanket that kind of wrapped yeah. around oh, I you. I love it. <laughs> it felt really good. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, I, I'm evoking similar emotions. Um, so you mentioned how, you know, how long was your mother a stylist there in her salon you know, what were some of the things that you saw her do that you've then emulated throughout your career? Well, that's a really good question. But, you know, as a kid growing up, I mean, early on, it was, you know, it was evident to me as a small kid that things weren't easy. You know, mm -hmm. she didn't have the biggest and the best business to begin with. And what, what she did was she was super smart in the sense that she, she knew what she didn't know. And, um, you know, she reached out to people who were really on the cutting edge of hair and they were in London. And, um, you know, one of those people was Vidal Sassoon. No way. And she, she literally wrote a letter to Vidal and said something to the tune of, um, you know, I, I really would like to learn to do this new thing that you're doing called precision haircutting because That's I'm amazing. doing roller sets and Jackie Onassis mm -hmm. beehives. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to move on. And, and he wrote her back and said, sure, come and see me. You know, I'll, I'll interview you for a job. And she wrote back again and said, no, you don't understand. I have my own salon uh -huh. and a small child and I'll come and I'll help and I'll, I'll, I'll sweep the floor and blah, blah, blah. And um, if you teach me, you know, if you've got some extra models at the end of the night, when you've taught your own people, maybe you could teach me to cut hair. And she did exactly that. And um, this is before Vidal had an academy. He just literally had a salon. Mm -hmm. 
No way. And um, I'm sure, you know, lots of hairdressers, my mom included, you know, said to Vidal, there's an opportunity here to not only have a successful salon, but to teach other people, inspire other people, and they'll pay you. And you, it can be a business. Yeah, okay. And, um, you know, that was her first visit. And then, you know, like someone goes to Mecca every year to pray, she would go to Vidal Sassoon religiously every single year. And bit by bit, what she would do is she would come home with the latest, whatever the latest haircut mm -hmm. was, or the latest color, you know, the wedge or the Dorothy Hamill or the this or the other. They're all called the at the time. <laughs> and, um, you know, she just kept putting 50 pence and a pound on the price of a haircut. And, and bit by bit, she grew her clientele. She grew her staff's clientele. She grew the, 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 um, the price points of all the services. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, bit by bit, I mean, what it all really equated to was, was really her investing in herself. Sure. Yeah. Her investing in, in, in education. Mm -hmm. She did this in a very male-dominated environment in a small village wow. in the back of beyond, you know, and just <laughs> built her business, you know. And again, as a kid growing up, that kind of a light went off in the back of my mm -hmm. mind about education. And I kind of looked at this and there's several things happened. You know, I thought, wow, this Vidal Sassoon thing, you know, and this Vidal Sassoon Academy and and yep. haircutting and education. I really think I'd like to be part of that. Hmm. And then um, the other thing that really inspired me was I looked at it and I thought, wow, maybe not only could I be part of that, but could I be part of the, we would now say pay it forward okay. mantra of, of, you know, kind of helping other hairdressers mm -hmm. um, like Vidal help my mum for example, um, and helped, yeah. you know, countless, countless um, others to, to grow their, their, their confidence, to grow their, their technique, to grow their creativity, and most importantly of all, to grow the, the career and their earning potential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how amazing that Vidal wrote your mom back. She still I mean, got a piece of paper too. Really? And I guess you were 13, you were hooked. Then what? Where did you, where did you go from there? Well, from there, where I went, I, a bit like yourself, really, you know, I'd, I'd come home from school and, and you know, fall towels. And then mm -hmm. I eventually got dragged into, you know, helping out shampooing. Okay. And then I became something that sounds quite Victorian. I was a Saturday boy. So oh. while I was still in high school, I would work on Saturdays. Okay. <laughs> to earn some extra money. And I'm mm -hmm. sure it's absolutely illegal. <laughs> sure. It will be called child labor by yes. now. But it gave me this great insight into is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I kind of slowly worked my way through the ranks from shampooing to okay. rinsing out color to mm -hmm. removing perm rollers. Okay. To eventually like the top tier, which was blow drying. Mm, okay. Bear in mind, I'd never even done a haircut, Kelly. I've never picked yeah. up a pair of scissors, but I could <laughs> blow dry like there was no tomorrow. And I think at that point, I, I, I was really quite hooked. Um, I'm not academically the cleverest person in the world. I didn't qualify to go to, or did we have the money for me to go to college? Mm -hmm. So I left school at 16. Okay, wow. And then I went and got this completely and utterly unrelated job, Kelly, to prove okay. to myself that I could do something other okay. than hairdressing mm -hmm. and uh, went through a training program did all my my um my my interviews and went through my training program and qualified as a stylist and worked in salons and i worked okay. in Sassoon salons in um, mm. in knightsbridge in london okay um in the west end in in munich mm. in germany in uh, manchester in the north of england but i never let my eye come off the site of the goal and the goal was okay. education yep. and um, as soon as there was an opportunity of a vacancy in Sassoon Academy I transferred from the salon division over to the um, the academy division okay. the education and really kind of went down a path of teaching professional hairdressers you know <laughs> I'm really fortunate and 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 
you know, one of my missions and my goals, you know, in the years, you know, upcoming before I kind of step away and retire is I really want to infuse that into up and coming young people yeah. and get them really excited about this amazing journey. At the moment, I'm working with Intercoffure North America on a program called um, the Cutting Council. And oh, um, the whole idea there, Kelly, is to really get young people, you know, under the age of 30, for example, excited about cutting hair. So all of us get back in the business of making money. Yeah, right. And speaking of that six-week haircut, you are a hair cutter, right? Yes. So how do you differentiate and what's what's important to know about that craft, hair cutting specifically? I think at the moment, it's a really interesting question, what, what, what you're asking me at the moment, because uh, I had a conversation about 18 months ago with a, a lady called Sheila Wilson, who is the president of Intercoffure North America. And um, she said something really interesting about the state of the industry now, which might upset some people listening, but yeah. here goes. She said, you know, in many ways, we, and she's using the royal we, it wasn't Sheila the person or Intercoffure or Weller or, or even North America. I think what I'm about to say is global. In many ways, we've lost the retail business to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So people used to come to a salon and they used to put down $60, $100 on products. Sure. And they do that on Amazon. Now. Um, in one way, shape or form, she said, we've lost a lot of color business because we've really been pushing the last 10 years roots. We've yes. been pushing okay. that roots are fashionable and, you know, coloring the mid lengths and the ends. And, um, you know, a lot of people take that on board and go to the drugstore, they buy mm. and color themselves and they yeah. color their own mid lengths and ends. Now, whether it looks good or not, it's a fact yeah. that we've lost a lot of business because of that. And then she said something interesting too. She said, you know, we've directed our customers to go to YouTube to watch a YouTube video and they can beachy wave their hair better than we can. So she said, bit right. by bit, we've lost chunks of business and money that we used to have. She said, but there's one thing that really they cannot take away from us that's precious. And she said, it's a haircut, shoulder length or above. Mm. And I finished a sentence for her. And I said, a haircut, shoulder length or above that has two, three colors that Mm. complement that haircut. Yes, that is magic. It's difficult for Mm -hmm. someone at home to put foils in their hair. It's difficult Mm. for them to put three, four, five colors in their hair. Yep. And... um, yeah, so that, that's kind of pertinent right. at the moment. Yeah. And, and I think also, too, what's really coming around, and I, I just entered, entered Naha and kind of based my entry on, on that, is um, I think in many ways, you know, haircuts that can stand alone. Um, I did yeah. an interview, I did an interview um, a couple of weeks ago, and someone said to me, you know, we'd heard you talking about um, a haircut as opposed to a hairstyle, mm. a haircut, as opposed to a hairstyle. They said, what's the difference? And I said, well, you know, my upbringing at Sassoon, it was drilled into me that the measurement of a haircut wasn't necessarily what she looked like when she left the salon. Yeah. The measurement of a haircut was, what did she look like when she did her own hair? What did she look like when she got out of the shower? Mm-hmm. Did it take her 10 minutes, 15 minutes to do her hair? Or did it take two and a half hours to do her hair? And obviously, you know, there are some customers who, you know, want to sit in front of a mirror for two hours every morning. They want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But I think what's really coming around now is, is really cutting hair and working with hair that's not necessarily beaten to death with electricity or chemicals mm. and beaten into submission. Oh, wow. I've never um, heard it phrased that way. 
Something really interesting happened <laughs> over COVID. I, I kind of got to thinking about this. And again, this comes back to my entry into, into Naha, particularly with texture, with that woman who's got waves or curls or even very curly ethnic hair. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. That woman, for example, may have been told directly or indirectly by Madison Avenue, but because her hair is curly or textured, it's not as pretty Mm. There's this girl's hair over here that's straight. She might not have been told that, but advertising has told her to be pretty or to be businesslike or to be accepted, you have to have straight hair. Mm -hmm. So that woman for 20 some years has beaten her hair to death. And when she goes to the hairdresser and the hairdresser says, hey, you know, have you thought about wearing your hair natural? Have you thought about wearing your hair curly? Have you thought about wearing your hair bigger? Her response is, I have, but I don't have very nice curls. Ah. The reality of it is she probably doesn't have very nice curls because she spent 20 years beating the hell out of them. <laughs> so fast forward, <laughs> Kelly. For the last nine months, she's not been to work. She's not been mm -hmm. on a date. She's not been to a restaurant. And something beautiful has grown out of her head. Hmm. Wow. Virgin curls. Hmm. Curls that have not been beaten. <laughs> and those wow. curls, yeah. that texture, that movement is beautiful. Not virgin as in not colored, virgin mm -hmm. as in not hammered to death yep. and not straightened necessarily. And it, I think an opportunity for all of us who are in the business is I think an opportunity moving forward is take a look at that because coloring textured hair, coloring curly hair is a completely different can of worms to coloring straight hair. Styling curly hair is very different to styling straight hair. And certainly cutting hair is different curly over straight. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of us, you know, may have been around in the industry and come into the industry when straight hair has been involved. So whether you have straight hair or curly hair, you've made it straight. And, um, you know, I'm doing more classes at the moment, Kelly, than any on textured mm -hmm. African-American hair, how to deal with it, work with it, cut it, style it. Because a lot of people are realizing what I just said. And they're also realizing too, hey, this is a great opportunity to float my, float mm -hmm. my boat, raise my game. Yeah. We had a guest on uh, Monet Everett a couple, a month or so ago, and she talks about cutting and styling textured hair and that there's a difference between being an enthusiast and knowing how to do it or a professional yeah. and knowing how to do it. And I love that. And I think it relates back to you as well, just talking about the differences in cutting textured hair, right? And making it stand on its own and, and kind of ready to wear. So um, how do you think we're doing from a diversity in hair cutting specifically in the industry? I mean, we have a lot of strides to make. Would you agree with that in education? Yeah, I, I, I think the last two years, I think people have kind of have the thought process of getting away from this is an African-American salon or this is yeah. a Korean salon or this is a... And to be honest with you, when I emigrated here 33 years ago, whenever it was, I was absolutely astonished with that. I, I absolutely no idea. I was incredibly naive, mm. Kelly, oh. because I, I learned my trade in London. And in London, there's every, you know, every ethnicity, skin color, hair type, language in, under the face of the sun. So I didn't learn to do Caribbean hair. I learned to do curly hair. I didn't learn to do um, Swedish, Scandinavian hair. I learned to do straight hair. Hmm. Uh, so in other words, I had to train and learn and understand and be able to cut and deal with all these different hair types, yeah. male, female. But it never occurred to me that they were related to an ethnicity. Hmm. To me, that is interesting. Yeah. someone who's got black skin has curly hair. I don't think of it necessarily as um, African-American hair. It's, that's not a label that automatically jumps to my mind. The head just happens to be curly. 
And obviously some, some is curlier than others or coily or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I've, seen, I've seen lots of people kind of the last couple of years, it's really exciting, kind of crossing over with all of this. And um, sure. yeah, and I, I was really inspired to, to enter North American um, Hairstylist Awards this year. And I think you mentioned earlier on, you know, that I entered hair cutting. Yeah. And um, when I looked at what had, what had won in previous years, I was fascinated because everything that I saw pretty much that had placed in previous years was either straight hair mm. or hair that was curly that had been straightened. Okay. There was a Understood. connection between the category of cutting hair and straight. And my rebellious side said, <laughs> why? Mm-hmm. Why? You can take a pair of scissors to curly hair. You don't sure. have to make that hair straight. So I was just fascinated. And, and I've entered with, with three looks that are, um, that are um, textured hair, uh, okay. African-American hair, and none of them have been blow-dried. Oh, wow. Okay. They're all dried with a diffuser and quite okay. big and textured. Amazing. And I'm absolutely thrilled that, that Weller and um, particularly Carol Protat was right behind me with all of this. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I know you that you have three models, right, for your collection. Yeah. And they were from different time periods. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, well, well, a lot of people listening to this, they, they'll know already, Kelly, that, you know, to enter Naha or any, any competition, you know, British Hairdressing Awards, for example, any of them, you typically have to do a photo shoot that's exclusive to that competition. Right, yep. So you, you get three models, you get a photographer, you get a, a makeup artist, and you go in a studio and you shoot, and everybody signs a release, and that all goes under wraps. And he's entered into the competition. Okay. So that's typically what's happened historically. And this year, I, I was really inspired to, to enter because what I realized was because of COVID, they changed the rules globally. So the British mm. Hairdressing Awards or Weller's um, BEA Awards or whatever, you know, you didn't have to enter something that was exclusive. And I actually called them up and I went through it to make double, double sure that I was understanding this correctly. Because I said, you know, so they confirmed that. And then I thought, yeah, let's enter with something that's sending a message. So I wanted to send a message of texture. You can cut texture. That texture doesn't have to be beaten. Mm -hmm. So then my next step was, well, what on earth am I going to enter with? And you know, some people collect photographs of fast cars and some people collect stamps. <laughs> and I collect photographs of work that I've done over the years. Sure. So I kind of started trolling through and I got it down to about seven looks, Kelly. Okay. And I suddenly realized that of the seven, you know, some were from Brazil, some were from South Africa, some were from Russia. And it was a nightmare to get a signature from oh. a makeup artist in Brazil in COVID or the model or the photographer it was just proving to be such a nightmare and I thought it would have been easier to do a shoot in the first place (laughs) be done but I couldn't because of COVID sure so finally I I landed on three girls that I really loved and I managed to get the signatures I got the 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 makeup artist and just lo and behold by coincidence just sheer coincidence all three of them had been photographed by my friend, Nick Berardi. Oh. He was the photographer on wow. all three. Just that came together. <laughs> and um, all three of them had been shot, um, had been cut, I beg your pardon, for an audience. So okay. I think one I'd done in front of about 350 people. I can't remember, in Vegas, I think I was on, on okay. doing a show. And then another one in L.A., and then another one was for Nick Berardi's step-by-step pay-per-view okay. channel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, um, I didn't cut any of them with competition in mind. They were for something Interesting. else. So they were huh. repurposed, in mm-hmm. other words. Okay. And the time span, I think the oldest one was seven years old. Okay. There was another one that was four years old. And there was another one that was three years old. Mm. 
So I'm just super proud that they kind of um, came together. It came mean, together, Kelly. Yeah, you know, they gelled um, visually. And uh, Nick did some great trickery with the backgrounds. He made the backgrounds look a little bit concrete. Okay. So they all look like they were standing against the same wall. Okay. In actual it. fact, they weren't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did that. And again, I'm, I'm going to be dead honest with you, Kelly. I was absolutely, I was terrified. Oh. Yeah. You, you know, there's that song, um, <laughs> I think it's called Floss. That song, okay. one of the lines in Floss is, do something every day that scares you. Mm -hmm. And entering Naha really scared me. It Ooh. really did. And you've done everything, been everywhere, taught everyone. And that scared you. Yeah, it, it scared me. And I'll tell you what it was, Kelly. Again, I'm being really honest. It was that <laughs> fear of rejection. Oh, yeah. It was that sure. fear of, oh, my God, what if people don't like this? Mm -hmm. Or what if, you know. So, you know, it was good because it stretched me. And it, sure. it really made me sort of dig deep. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I really did examine what my entries sh should be. Should they be yeah. curly or should they be straight? I mean, really, another, another thing was, did I want to enter to make a statement or did I want to enter to win? Okay. There's a difference. And, and I came down on the side of entering to make a statement. Yep. I love it. That's beautiful. I really, Wonderful. I really did that. Yeah. That's and great. then in parallel, I entered um, Educator of the Year. Okay. And I'm, I'm really, really thrilled <laughs> to be alongside, um, as a finalist, I'm alongside Vivian McKinder. Okay, wonderful. Uh, Sam Via mm -hmm. from Redken. Chris Barron in New York from Redken. All right. And uh, Tabs. Oh, yeah. And Tab she was on Tab our pod. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's a, that's a dynamic group. I'll it's give you that. It's a great lineup. Yeah, yeah I'm really is. thrilled. Yeah, it's cool. And this yeah, was the cool. first time you've ever entered Naha. Do I have that correct? It is the first time. Wow. Yeah, and again, Kelly, to be honest, that, that was part of, you know, the trepidation. Oh, my goodness. Sure. You know, what if I don't do well? Or what if mm -hmm. people don't like it? Or what if, you know? So, um, yeah. I mean, to quote the the kind of he's not with us anymore, but to quote Fabio Sementilli, who you know is a massive place in all of our hearts. Fabio okay. always used to say, "Mentor or enter." And because of my time at at Sassoon and Weller, I often found myself mentoring people sure. rather than entering. Yeah, and. Um, I mean, last year, the winner of ITVA mm -hmm. was a young man from uh, Cape Town. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd flown down to Cape Town. And funnily enough, he won with ethnic hair. He won with ah, ethnic great. hair. Okay. And I went down there to teach in, 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 um, in South Africa. And he brought this most amazing model to the hands-on session. And he took me to one side and he said, Stephen, you know, I'm really quite an established hairdresser in South Africa. <laughs> and I've won loads of competitions in South Africa. And I'm really embarrassed to tell you I'm South African, but I've never cut ethnic hair. It never huh. worked. On and he said, would you teach me? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, in a minute, I'll teach you. That's and he did an amazing look, cut and color, which inspired him to the to the model that he worked on that actually won Weller um, International Trend Vision, okay. ITVA, yeah. Yeah. And you've been instrumental in shaping Wella's competitions over the year, over the years, I should say, from ITVA to BEA. How does that kind of parlay into your, your education? Well, it, it kind of parlays into what I've done at, at Naha, really, because uh, in 2012, Kelly, I, I joined Weller. And um, one of the tasks that I was given was, you know, take a look at um, the future of ITVA. Okay. And, you know, Weller, as you well know, we're constantly re-examining what we're doing. We're constantly looking to improve, you know, alter things to make it for the better. And that was one of my tasks, you know, take a look yeah. at ITVA. 
And uh, myself and several other people really worked on taking ITVA on a path of having more categories, okay. a broader range of categories, and specifically really kind of making the hair honest. All right. So what you saw in the photograph really was what had gone on, as opposed to the photograph consisting uh, of Adobe or, yeah. you know, haircuts that are done with a mouse or, you know, yeah. so really, and well has done an incredible, incredible job over that. And anybody who's listening to this, who's not part of the Weller family, you know, I would invite you to take a look at that. And obviously that then trickled down to the national level in the USA, it's, it's Beauty and Visage Awards yep. here. And I'm just really proud of how Weller's kind of made it more real. Still exciting, mm. still cool. And, um, but again, that's what I wanted to do with my Naha entries, kind of make it something that- Real, yeah. Yeah, real, yeah. you know, not, not cut with a, a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you phrase that. Do you think that there are entries that Adobe has assisted and the mouse with? Uh, let's not go there, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go there. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> noted, noted. Interesting. I mean, from one who hasn't ever entered, I, you know, you could assume that there's digital enhancements, like anything, right? I guess in print or media or yeah, that we consume. So, I mean, to me, one of the important things with competition is. And this is just my pennies worth here. You know, there sh should be some element where Mrs. Smith, you know, maybe Mrs. Smith is a soccer mom or Mrs. Smith is pierced and tattooed mm -hmm. and got teardrops all down her face. <laughs> with, I don't know who Mrs. Smith is. Okay. But there's lots of different Mrs. But there should be some connection where, you know, the winning image, Mrs. Smith looks at that and thinks, wow. I want to look like that. I want that color. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a salon. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to spend money. Sure. And, and to me, that's super important that somehow, some way, there's that connection back to, you know, whether it's men's hair or bridal or whatever category yeah. it is, that we, as, as, a, as, a, as an industry, we're driving people to go and get their hair done. Yeah. Or the nails or whatever it is that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. it must connect point. back you know that's important great point um you know one last section i want to get to is we've talked a lot about education i i am very interested in your take on online education versus in person and how we recover you know it was interesting a year ago it was like get your classes up online, get people to sign up. This was our Hail Mary, you know, from yeah. manufacturers across the board, which we did out of necessity. But where are we going with education? Are we going to stay online? Are we going to move back to in-person? Well, it's really interesting because about three years ago, I kind of started a program called Your Craft, which was, was, was basically going into a hair salon and um, doing a hands-on session I think the maximum is six people. It's a very small group mm -hmm. of people. But really kind of doing a hands-on session that involved taking a before photograph of their model, okay. um, going through a step-by-step -step cut, a step-by-step -step color, or a step-by-step -step consultation, step-by-step okay. -step cut, color. Someone would do the makeup, we'd dress the model, mm -hmm. and then go through a step-by-step -step after photograph with mm -hmm. a professional model. Okay. And hairdressers absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. They just loved it to death. And the main reason was it was the, the these before and after images were very social media friendly. Sure. So, you know, when you go on a lot of people's social media, it's the photograph of the back of a woman's head. There's no indication of the front. There's no indication mm -hmm. of what they look yeah. like before you did the hair. Yeah. So I think Mrs. Smith can really look at, oh, my God, there she is. And now look at her. Yeah. The hairdressers right. loved that. The challenge was, of course, time. Sure. So what I was, I, what I started three years ago was, and I, I think it was Skype. I think it was before Zoom. Okay. I would do all of the pre mm. online. So I would okay. literally introduce myself, have them introduce themselves. 
I talk about the language, I talk about all the terminology, I talk about the objectives. We have a great class before I arrived in Dallas, for example. And that was typically two one hour classes, maybe a month before I got there. And then when I actually arrived in the salon, within five minutes, Kelly, we were doing hair. I just said hi to everybody and we were, we're off to the races. Mm -hmm. so I, I, about three years ago, I really started with the kind of online thing and it was through necessity really. Mm -hmm. And then going into COVID, I really was a doubter as to could this hands-on type education work in a virtual environment. Mm -hmm. And I knew that lectures could, I knew that, you know, hey, Kelly, watch me cut hair. I'm wonderful. Look at me over here. <laughs> I know that works because, you know, you're watching me. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, what we all quickly realized was that people went to sleep mm. or they weren't, they were tuned in, but they weren't. They were doing yeah, something else like over here. And the thing that really has, has brought it to light to me and really kind of is doing virtual education hands on. So not me doing hair, the hairdresser on the other end doing it. Oh, and okay. Um, okay. this morning I was in Cape Town. Um, this afternoon I was in New York and I did haircuts with hairdressers on models. And I went through step-by-step step with them and they turned out some great looks. Really? Uh, and we did it all virtually. Hmm. And when I say me, I mean, I, I've worked with a team of people who we've really developed some amazing tools to be able to share and explain um, intricacies that ordinarily, when you're face to face, Kelly, mm -hmm. it's difficult to get across. Mm -hmm. But when you're with a flat screen, yeah. it's really hard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've come up with all kinds of tools and tricks that we do that really help to communicate three-dimensional color, three-dimensional haircutting in a two-dimensional format and wow. it's working. I think I, since lockdown, I think I've done last count, I think it was 217 paid classes. So wow. this is all paid, it's not free. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, it's typically one-to-one -one coaching. Okay. Um, I, I worked with a guy recently in Russia who is probably in my top five haircutters in the world. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm working with a girl in the Midwest who has done, I think she's on number 56, 56 one hour classes. Come on. No, serious. So she's paid $5,600 and she's gone from over here to way through the ceiling she's no way. absolutely amazing um and if you'd have asked me could i have done that 18 months ago right. i would have shook my head and said no yeah. but it's um, but for the to answer your question you know the future i think mm -hmm. i think what we're going to see to begin with is is a blended format where okay. there's a little bit of face-to-face -face and a bit of a bit of the the virtual okay. um but I don't think face-to-face, hands-on education is ever going to go away. Sure. I think face-to-face -face product knowledge is different. Okay. But there's a difference between product knowledge and hands-on. That's amazing. One last question on the cutting. Explain to me your thought on 2D versus 3D hair cutting. You know, applying color is quite two-dimensional. So okay. let's just say you're putting hair on a foil and you're painting color onto that hair on the foil. It's kind of an upward and downward motion. Sure. Or you're coloring the roots or you're painting balayage. It's quite a two-dimensional act, uh, whereas 90% of cutting hair is three-dimensional. You know, when you, you, you're cutting hair, you're manipulating hair through elevation. You're okay. manipulating hair through over-direction. Mm -hmm. manipulating hair through tension. So typically cutting hair is really in the third dimension. Mm -hmm. Coloring hair is much more in the second dimension. And it's it. that aspect that makes it difficult to teach. It makes it doubly difficult to teach virtually. Yes. So um, 
Yeah, that, that's, that's the difference. A couple of last questions we ask everyone that is on, that, that's on the podcast. Some are kind of silly, so um, and they're called quick takes. So all we need Yay. you to do is just give you your quick thoughts. Um, so the first one is bar soap or body wash? Body wash. All right. Okay, good. Got it. We've only had one person say bar soap, which I think, you know, it might be come going out of style. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the second one, what is a product that you're loving right now? And it doesn't have to be even a Wella product or related. It could be a home good, uh, you know, a grocery product, something that you just can't live without. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's it's lockdown or (laughs) just my general health. But just the last sort of um, couple of weeks, I've had this awful itchy scalp. Okay. Really kind of itchy and irritable. And I'm going to do a shameless plug. Oh, it, I it's hear it. It's Nioxin number five. It's right. the shampoo and conditioner. Okay. And um, yeah, I just, I would have been, a, I would have been head and shouldering, I think, if not. <laughs> been going <laughs> is that there. a curse word? But this no. stuff is amazing. <laughs> Nioxin number five. Nioxin number five, shampoo and conditioner because you, you have to have both it's a system oh yeah it's a system everything in nioxin is a system all right so what are you streaming right now whether it's music netflix uh, podcasts what are you listening you know to? i'm really fascinated about at the moment this this is nothing to do with hair at all is is youtube okay. hashtag van life oh a van amazing yeah, people who are buying like they're buying like a Mercedes Sprinter mm-hmm. or a, um, a, a Ford, um, what's it called? Ford, can't remember the name before, Ram Promaster. And they're basically okay. like panel vans, builder's mm-hmm. vans. It's what a plumber sure. would, um, would use to carry around his plumbing supplies. Mm-hmm. And um, people are converting these into these mm-hmm. really cool. And apparently over COVID, this thing's exploded. So it's really impossible to get like a, a Ford or a Mercedes or a, huh. a, a Ram because everybody's bought them up and they're doing these conversions. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, YouTube hashtag Van V A N Life. Really, I feel cool. like you you could maybe do that. I know that you take your motorcycle out and about on adventures. You're the adventuring type, right? You know what, Kelly? You are so on it. <laughs> what I thought to myself was, oh, my God, what would happen if for whatever reason through COVID, you couldn't get on an airplane anymore? Mm. I thought, wow, I could get like a Ram Promaster and build it out and I could drive to Kansas and I could do a class in Kansas and I could drive to Dallas and I could do <laughs> some like virtual education out of the back yeah. of this van. Mm-hmm. And I could like, yeah, it'd be really cool. You could be really part of the cool. hashtag. I can see you there. I can see that happening. We've even got a name. Okay. Van Moody. Van Moody. Come on. All right. You better. No, I've, re- I've registered it already. Van Moody. Come I was going to say, do you have the URL? You better get it before <laughs> this airs. Because <laughs> my Instagram is hair Moody. Yeah. Oh, Van Moody. People would that? like Van Moody. I think that'd be a nice sneak peek in, into your yeah. adventure. So. Okay, two more. So real talk words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of our industry. Um, that's a great one. And, and, and I think, um, you know, someone said to me when I first started, they said, you know, it, it really, really is a marathon. It, it's not a sprint. My own personal choice, this is not for everybody, but I'd much rather be kind of a small cog in a big wheel rather than a big cog in a little wheel. So I'm really, I've only had two jobs, Kelly. Mm -hmm. I literally, my whole working life, I've only had two. And one lasted 31 years, three months, 16 days, and one and a half hours (laughs) with Sassoon. Okay. And I'm coming up for nine with Weller. And I know a lot of people listening to that, you know, they might think, oh my goodness, that's bizarre. But to me, I, I just want to be part of a bigger thing. Okay. And, and again, my advice would be maybe that bigger thing, you know, maybe you're a chair rental person. So maybe that bigger thing is Intercoffure 
or that sure. bigger thing is the, the Weller online community, or it's, it's the Andrew Dunn's Weller uh, professional um, hair community, or it's hair-brained, or it's whatever, but somehow, some way, be part of something bigger, okay. um, you know, bigger than yourself. And um, I kind of said it earlier too, you know, do things that frighten you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I get on stage and there's 3,500 people in front of me and there's like three cameramen mm -hmm. and it's me doing a haircut in front of all these people. And I just love doing a haircut and starting in a place that scares me. I love, I love it because it, it pushes yeah. my pushes my buttons mm -hmm. and it really tests me to go beyond my comfort zone and I like that yeah like that's great that. I think the equation there is is you know I, I go to the gym and I swim you know three four times five times a week but I do like to mix up the machines I don't like to keep visiting the same workout the same machine yeah. I don't like to keep swimming the same stroke because mm -hmm. I want to push my body. Yeah. I want my body to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's, you know, that's that's a great tip for, you know, for your career. It's just something that scares you. I love it. Last one, 2021 predictions for our industry. Texture. Yeah, I love it. Big yeah. ass hair. I, I think really kind of connecting, um, you know, we were discussing it earlier. I think really connecting color to cut, okay. to the personality, to the client type. And, you know, thinking of things, and this sounds really mercenary, but, you know, thinking about your business, mm -hmm. you know, is that style that you're doing? Is that color that you're doing? Is that haircut that you're doing? Is it something that's going to return on a regular basis? Because I know one thing for sure, and that Kelly Ellers doesn't work for a charity, and neither does Stephen Moody. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> and you know what? We all have our bills to pay and families to support. So thinking about that as we come out of COVID-19 and start to reopen, how can we get people back in the salon on a more regular basis. And, and that's a great Yeah, point. I think, and also Kelly too, you know, over COVID, you might have spent money on education. You might have spent money on yourself. And, and I mentioned my mom earlier, you know, she did that, but she yeah. wasn't shy about passing that cost on to her customers oh. via a price increase. Okay. So be proud of what you do. Be proud of, um, you know, what you offer because you, you, you're talented, you're unique and don't be shy of increasing prices. That's great. That's great. I love those words of advice. Thank you. This has been wonderful. I know that we can find you on Hair Moody on Instagram and possibly soon to be Van Moody. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anywhere else you want our listeners to, to go? Yeah, on Facebook, um, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Moody. Um, Instagram, um, Hair Moody. And then uh, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the place to go and see all these virtual classes um, is well at education. You know, Kelly, I'll, I'll put that um, yeah. in the listings. But literally, there's a calendar in there showing A, what's on offer, B, is it available? And, um, you know, how much does it cost? Sure. Yeah. Great. This was an interview of a lifetime. It's been a pleasure knowing you for so many years. Thank you for your time. No, oh, thank you. And please, everybody, do the right thing. Stay safe, wear a mask, get a vaccination. And um, we'll see you in the flesh really soon. What'd you think? I mean, come on. <laughs> how fun. First of all, the accent, always good, right? You can't, can't Wonderful. stop. Wonderful. Can't stop, won't stop, always good. I mean, just the fact that this man has traveled the world educating. <laughs> and what's cool to me is that 
His mom sent a physical letter to Vidal Sassoon back in the day saying, I would like to learn these cuts from you. And he responded and she pushed herself year over year. It was like the one thing she committed to professionally was able to raise her prices. She never uh, she never looked back from that moment. And so just the fact that he took that passion from his mom and parlayed it into this incredible career uh, is mind blowing. So again, Thank you, Stephen, uh, for your time on the podcast today. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees. And send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jopkin. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so that you can watch and listen on YouTube.